It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed, locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know what I enjoy most about the weekend, ladies and gentlemen? The government is shut down. Ooh. And notice we have like 28 national federal holidays. Can never have enough. And what happens on those holidays? Ooh, the bureaucrats take a vacation. The government is shut down, right? So when the government shut down from Friday night to Monday morning, and when the government shut down on national federal holidays, nobody's squealing. In fact, most of us are enjoying ourselves. Have you noticed subpoenas, warrants, rarely issued on the weekend? Have you noticed if you call the Department of Agriculture for some information, nobody's on the other end of the phone? Have you noticed regulations aren't issued on the weekend? Have you noticed this? Have you noticed that you're freer on the weekend than you are during weekdays? Isn't that a good thing? And then the government, you know, we're going to shut down for two weeks. Oh, my God. So what Republicans, not Republicans and rhinos, what real conservatives should say is, we're just taking a two-week holiday. That's all. Pretend it's a two-week holiday. Folks on Social Security, it's a matter of law, you'll get your checks. Folks using Medicare, as a matter of law, you'll get your checks. Veterans, as a matter of law, you'll get your checks. And some others, that's carved out. Just a vacation. That's all. For the bureaucrats, it's a paid vacation. They're always reimbursed for the time that they're out. It's a pretty good gig if you can get it. Mr. Bedouce, you're not paid for the times that you're out beyond the times you're allotted, are you? No, you're not. Most Americans are not. Electricians, plumbers, painters, Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, taxi drivers, bus drivers, this drive. I can think of a thousand and one or more professions and services where people aren't paid when they don't work and they're certainly not reimbursed when they decide not to work. So we know what a scam this is. We know what a scam this is. And so now they're already starting the initial talks. We don't get this omnibus bill passed. We're going to have to shut down the government next week. Oh, do tell. Is everybody working over the Christmas vacation? Hmm? No, most people are on vacation in the government during the Christmas vacation month. Month. And everybody knows it. But that's not the top shelf issue of the day, is it? No, the top shelf issue of the day is that the Biden crime family is prepared to threaten anybody in the media Anybody with a voice, anybody with a pen and a phone, with litigation, if they dare to look into Hunter Biden and the mob family called the Biden family. They're even threatening civil litigation. Now, the one good thing about civil litigation is this. It opens the door to discovery. That is, let's say I'm sued by Hunter and the rest of the mobsters. Well, were I to defend myself, maybe I'll bring a countersuit and try and get some of that Chinese money, Mr. Producer, and donate it to our American veterans. But it opens the door wide, very, very wide, where I can conduct depositions. And not just of Hunter. Maybe his uncle, maybe his aunt, maybe his daddy. Ooh! And maybe there are attorney-client privileges that I would argue should no longer be in existence, the crime-fraud exception, even in a civil case. We have all kinds of precedent for that now. Wow! And documents and emails and text messages. Hunters 
his lawyers, his family members. That's right, even Mr. Big, Mr. 10%. Wow, can you imagine? But if you're not sued in a situation like this, you don't have those discovery tools available to you. Really? Oh, really? Really? And of course, as a public figure, the burden is on the porno crackhead son of the most moronic president in history. So it's not all that bad. Is it, Mr. Producer? And if you have a deep pocket to fight them, it's really not bad at all, do you think? No, I don't. Now, that said, they're already trying to intimidate and threaten people. Their surrogates in the media want to intimidate and threaten people and certainly want to give voice to such practices by the Biden crime family and mobsters. The Democrats are already circling the wagons around the Biden crime family. They have absolutely no interest in learning whether, or to the extent to it, to put it more accurately, the Biden crime family is all gummed up with the communist Chinese, among others. The Democrats don't want to know. The Department of Injustice doesn't want to know. The Federal Bureau of Instigation, a.k.a. the American Stasi, they don't want to know. Why is that? Because you live right now in a quasi-tyranny. That's why. That's why. And the information released all weekend long by the patriots who have been uh, employed by Elon Musk, an American hero who believes in free speech, regardless of what else he believes, it doesn't matter. And they have demonstrated for you what actually goes on, not just in social media, but in newsrooms around America. That 99% of the Twitter employees were of the left. 99%. What happened to that 1%? I'm surprised they weren't able to squeeze them out. Same thing applies at the New York Slime. Same thing applies at the Washington Compost. Same thing applies at the Constipated News Network and MSLSD. Same thing applies at CBS and NBC and ABC. 99% about right. They live in a bubble, an ideological bubble, and they hate you, and they hate America. Oh, yes. It's beyond doubt anymore. There's simply no question. I googled the American governor's name, Ron DeSantis, earlier, and he's under attack. They're starting to attack him even more now in several so-called media outlets. They hate Governor DeSantis. Why? What did he do to them? Well, he's a potential presidential candidate and potential president. No better time to try and smear him than now. So we have these threats from the Biden crime family. Threats. They're not hidden. They're basically saying either you lay off the Bidens or we are going to smear you. We're going to character assassinate you and we know where to go with this stuff. MSNBC, CNN, New York Slimes, Washington Compost and the rest of the corrupt Democrat Party Marxist media. It's true. And you have former Senator Heidi Heitkamp. Heidi Heitkamp. And uh, for some reason, she's on ABC's This Week with George uh, Stephanopoulos, always an objective nonpartisan, is that little fella. Actually, he's a sleazeball. Head of the war room, trashing women. But of course, there he is. He's top quality material for ABC News. And so they drag Heidi Heitkamp onto the show. Why? She's a defeated... She's a loser from North Dakota. But Heidi Heitkamp, well, she has an idea, America. Hat tip, Breitbart, cut to go. 
And so when you look at this, the whole dynamics of the Senate right now, it really, when, when you say you don't know what they're going to do with subpoena power, you heard what Elizabeth Warren is talking about doing, subpoenaing uh, Jared and Ivanka to talk about the $2 billion Saudi thing. You and had that, a, we got we to subpoena Jared and Ivanka. And so they have their plan. The $2 billion Saudi thing. Keep your hands off the Democrat president, or we're going to go after the former president's children with absolutely no requisite whatsoever. You got it, folks? You see the threats? This is why I have no stomach for it, and in fact despise the Larry Hogan's, the Chris Christie's, the Asa Hutchison's, and their ilk. The American people aren't interested in this. The American people just want good government. The American people want us uh, bipartisan. Be them on the 40-yard line over here. We're going to meet them on the 40-yard line here. Meet them on the 40-yard line. They seek to destroy us, ladies and gentlemen. Us. You and me. So Heidi Heitkamp, Dizzy Lizzie Warren, a phony indigenous person, She's indigenous to, uh, I think, Iceland or Greenland. She's got to be one of the most transparent uh, ethnicities I've ever seen. These radical Marxist leftists, they play for keeps. And so it's time for us legally and politically to put on the brass knuckles. Anybody have any dirt on Heidi Heitkamp? Put it out there. We need to know about it. How about Lizzie, Dizzy, Lizzie, Dizzy, Lizzie Warren? Put it out there. No. Got to fight fire with fire. What's it say in the Bible about an eye for an eye, Mr. Producer? A lib for a lib. And when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, there's David Brock. David Brock is a bleeding... No, I better not say that. David Brock is... Well, he's foot fungus on the body politic. May I say that, Mr. Producer? He's foot fungus on the body politic. And he's on MSLSD yesterday with Jonathan Capehart, who's a inner thigh rash on the body politic. So you can see there's a lot of itching and scratching and, and so forth. But I want you to hear what these two upstanding individuals have to say in order to protect the Biden crime family, what it is that the dark money leftists, that the leftists in the media, what they are prepared to do. And you and I, we're prepared to meet them on the political battlefield because we cannot tolerate this. They obviously have something to hide, don't they? Or they wouldn't be wetting themselves over this. Mark Levin. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. The president has announced today that but for food prices, but for home heating prices, but for electricity prices, 
the economy is doing swell. So if you eat and you need to have some heat during the winter, not so good. Now, 7.1% inflation. President says his economic plan is working. It's interesting. It's the Fed with the interest rates going through the roof and the impact that's having. But it's not over. But that's not what I want to start off with, really. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what we do about this. I really don't. Mitch McConnell is celebrating the fact that he and Chuck Schumer are close to a massive spending bill. An omnibus bill. I should call it an ominous bill. Do you know what's in it? I don't know what's in it. Does anyone know what's in it? No, other than a handful of senators and staffers. Any Republican senator who supports this is a fraud. Any Republican senator who supports this has no interest in representing the people that they claim to represent, particularly if they're newly elected. What Mitch McConnell's trying to do is get a deal done on a bill that will spend trillions of dollars before the Republican majority takes over in the House. Because he doesn't want to have to confront real conservative fiscal members of the House of Representatives. There are so few now in the Senate. There's Mike Lee, you know, Cruz, Rand Paul, Rubio, a handful, but not many. And what McConnell's doing without any hearings, without any committee input, without any input from the American people, is he's trying to push this, railroad this through. Whether he succeeds or not, we don't know, but he says they're very close. And you have absolutely no say in it because you have no idea what's going on. None of us do. I don't either. And they'll get 24 or 48 hours. It'll be a fait accompli. Because all you need is a handful of republics to go along with the Marxists and then it's over. And of course, that's why McConnell spent $9 million on Lisa Murkowski in Alaska. And he can count on Romney, Collins, the usual crowd. And the uh, pallbearers that stand behind him when he does these press conferences. So here's McConnell today in front of a microphone with the Paul Barris standing behind him. Cut six, go. And with regard to funding the government, I think we're very close uh, to getting Now listen to this guy. He's absolutely no reason why we couldn't take the Senate, is he? Sounds like a homeless guy. Throw on a raincoat, send him out on the corner. And God knows what you'll get. Start over again, please. Cut six, go. And with regard to funding the government, uh, I think we're very close uh, to getting an omnibus appropriation bill that would be, I think, broadly appealing. He it thinks be- broadly appealing because the other members, other than the pallbearers standing behind him, have no idea what the hell's in it. I think it'll be broadly appealing. We're 40-odd line. It's like Pelosi, remember the late famous Nancy Pelosi, remember her? The one that eats nails for dinner? Or is it breakfast? Anyway, uh, remember when she said we have to pass the Obamacare bill to find out what's in it? Well, that's pretty much what we're talking about here. Go ahead. Defense number of the NDAA without having to pay a bonus above what President Biden asked for. Uh, for domestic priorities of the Democrats. Why would they accept that? <clears throat> well, they over, according to our calculations, spent about $700 billion in the two reconciliation bills earlier this Congress on their domestic priorities. So the priority now is to get defense adequately funded. He's so charismatic, Mr. Producer. 
He just draws in the public. He's such a leader, such a statesman. No wonder he's the longest-serving Republican leader in the Senate in the history of the United States. He's just bubbling over with positivity, with intrigue, with rationality, with knowledge. But he's not done, ladies and gentlemen. Now he's going to go on the attack. The attack against Trump and the Tea Party. Cut seven, go. We ended up having a candidate quality time. Anybody remember who mentioned that back in August? Look at Arizona. It must have been you, Mitch. Remember I said we don't have good candidates. Right before the election, I, I screwed these guys over. But I'm the... Nostradamus to the Senate. I told you they're not good enough. I... Of course, all the rhinos always win. Have you noticed? I haven't noticed that of you. The rhinos always win, do they? Really? They get their asses kicked all the time. You may have heard of a couple running for president. One I think was named McCain. One I think was named Romney. Remember those guys? I don't know about that. Go ahead. New Hampshire and a challenging situation in Georgia as well. We did, by we, I mean the Senate Leadership Fund, did intervene in two primaries in Alabama and in Missouri. And I do think we... And because we intervened, we won, you see. So when we win, I take the credit. When we lose, it's the fault of the conservatives. They don't have very good candidates. Now let's stop for a minute. Look at some of these a-hole Republicans in the Senate who sell us out day in and day out. Are these good senators, let alone candidates? They're a disgrace. Is this the best the Republican Party can do? So why would, why would you vote for Republican senators when you have a so-called leader like this? He seems to think that if you support rhinos, they're going to get elected. It's not true. It's not true. That's why he was for Gerald Ford against Ronald Reagan. I told you, said in August that the quality of the candidates weren't very good. Really? And look at the quality of his so-called leadership. Go ahead. Kennedy to relearn one more time. You have to have quality candidates to win. You know what? You're an arrogant SOB. You really are. They, they, yeah, that Fetterman was a quality candidate. That Warnock was a quality candidate. That Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, those were quality candidates. Let me tell you the difference. The Democrats know how to fire up their base. The Democrats know how to get out the vote. And the Democrats, more importantly, know how to count the vote. Mitch McConnell's been a quote-unquote Republican leader for 15 years, and he hasn't learned any of it. That's number one. Number two, the guy does not motivate anybody. He doesn't have a legislative agenda to this moment. He didn't have a legislative agenda during the campaign. He's so awful. He's so despised by Republicans. Number one on the list that he can't even go into these states and campaign. Schumer does. They talk about Biden not campaigning for Democrats. McConnell campaigns for fewer Republicans than Biden did for Democrats. They talk about quality candidates. Well, where are all the quality Republicans under McConnell? Murkowski? Murkowski's a quality candidate? Seriously? Who are the other quality candidates that McConnell put up? That loser in Colorado? There was a quality candidate. Where are the other quality candidates? This guy's not up to the battle. He's not up to persuading the American people. He can barely speak. He's not up to any of it. And he's certainly not up to helping save the country. That he cannot do. So now he's trashing the Tea Party. We went through this in 2010, 2012, he says. Christine O'Donnell, Sharon Angle. Sharon Angle almost won. Todd Aiken. Todd Aiken was never going anywhere. Richard Murdoch, he almost won. And they ran against tough tough opponents. Sharon Angle ran against Harry Reid. 
That wasn't ever going to be a shoe-in. And Richard Murdoch in an extremely difficult race against a Democrat incumbent. And now we revisited this in 2022 all over again here. Well, that's what we've done here. Yeah, I'm trying to meet them on the 40-yard line. Yeah, I'm trying to get a omnibus, omnibus bill passed here. And the Republicans in the House actually want to roll in this thing. I'm working with Nancy. I'm working with Chuck. We're having a grand old time here. People want to see bipartisanship. But we can't get bipartisanship. Hopefully next cycle we'll have quality candidates everywhere and a better outcome. Now here's what this sleazeball knows, and I know it, and now you know it. And I was the first to say it on my Fox show, as well as behind this microphone. 23 Democrats are up in 2024 and 10 Republicans. We should be able to mop the floor with them. That's an enormously lopsided situation. So when he says, oh, quality candidates, and we'll be able to make a difference, then he knows, you know, I know. that obviously the Republicans should be able to take a majority at that point. But McConnell wants to decide who the senators are from the other states. Because McConnell knows that in order to hold on to power, that's what he needs. He wants to decide who the senators are from Alaska. Are from Arizona. Now McConnell had his try. What was her name again that ran twice, Mr. Producer, in Arizona? I forget her name. Oh, McSally. Martha McSally. Nice enough person. She ran twice and she lost twice. That was McConnell's candidate. That's who McConnell pushed. That's who McConnell convinced Governor Ducey to appoint, even though she'd already lost. And what has McConnell done in order to strengthen the voting system so the Democrats can't keep cheating? Not a damn thing. Schumer's out there with his, his pack trying to influence the, the voting systems in every state. McConnell could care less. Well, that makes a difference. Name one conservative McConnell backed. When they first ran. Rand Paul, he did not back Rand Paul. Ted Cruz, he did not back Ted Cruz. Mike Lee, he did not back Mike Lee. Mike Lee defeated his, his lieutenant. Bennett. Who else? Nobody. He'd even back Rubio in Florida. I can go down the list of solid conservatives, not one of whom McConnell ever supported. Not one. So Mitch McConnell really wants the old country club. That's what he wants. And he's left of center. He is not a conservative, despite what National Review and the Wall Street Journal write, despite what the, what the idiotic nerds write at both of those uh, publications. Richard Murdoch was not Todd Aiken. Sharon Angle was not Christine O'Donnell. But if McConnell had had his way, the most liberal Republican in the House of Representatives by far would have been a senator. Would have been a senator. But that's okay by McConnell, because he's a liberal. Which is exactly why he's now negotiating with the Democrats and trying to bypass the Republican majority in the House. And he has nothing but disrespect for the voter. Nothing but disrespect. The fact is, it may be a thin majority, but people did vote to put the Republicans in charge and fire Pelosi. So why is he now relying on Pelosi to get his spending deal done? Well, now we're in the minority. You know, I said these candidates were probably a minority in the Senate. You got to meet them on the 40. This guy is a disgrace. He's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And he owns the Washington, D.C. media. All of it. Hook, line, and sinker. They love him. Because he's a fraud. Mark Levin. You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. Wire fraud. Money laundering. Defrauding investors. Fraudulent record-keeping. Sam Bankman-Fried. 
Hmm. FTX. Billions and billions of dollars. Missing. Wire fraud, money laundering, defrauding investors, fraudulent record keeping. Does that not sound like the federal government to you? 85% of the COVID money didn't go where it was supposed to go. It went to the teachers unions instead. The GAO, the General Accountability Office, is constantly releasing reports every single year about the amount of money, typically a quarter of a trillion dollars that is gone, waste, fraud, and abuse, every year. How about unfunded liabilities? Are those not Ponzi schemes? Those of us who've paid a fortune into Social Security, I'm 65 now, and those of you who are paying into it and are much younger, do you understand now they turned what was an insurance program into a government Ponzi scheme? There's no money in the trust fund. All the money comes from general operating funds. The people paying into Social Security now are paying the people who paid into it before because they stole all of our money and spent it on their political priorities. There are no trust funds. There are IOUs. Is that not a Ponzi scheme? It wasn't intended to be a Ponzi scheme, but is that not what our Congresses have done, successive Congress after Congress? The answer is yes. The answer is yes. The question is when, is when will it, in fact, catch up with everybody? It's like, um, what's that kid, that game you play, uh, birthday parties and Christmas, it's the chair game, you know, uh, the musical chairs where they play the music. That's what it's called, I guess. Musical chairs. Yes. Well, that's what we're talking about. Which generation will get hit without the chair and fall on its ass? So it's always interesting to me. Sam Bankman Freed is a crook. What he did wrong is he didn't run for office, become a senator or congressman, and do exactly the same thing except with our money as a nation, our tax dollars, and wrap it up in all kinds of wonderful promises. It's okay to run a Ponzi scheme. It's okay to defraud the taxpayer. It's okay to launder tax monies from one program to the next. It's okay to defraud using mail, using telephones, in terms of spending public monies. It's okay. And of course, we don't expect proper record keeping from any department of the federal government. It's just too big. But as long as you're doing it on behalf of the government, as long as you're serving the interests of the government, which are identical to the interests of the Democrat Party in these various Marxist movements, it's righteous. So there's righteous fraud and there's righteous Ponzi schemes. I'm sorry, it's just true. And so when I watch these tough prosecutors get behind a microphone and up, and they have these, you know, these, these sort of wing collars with heavy starch, with the power ties and the in the nice crisp suits or dresses in the case of, well, whatever. Wagging their finger, saying this cannot take place, this will not take place, I think to myself. Sure it is. Because that's the nature of government. Fraud, laundering, fake record keeping, and on and on and on and on. And, of course, Ponzi schemes. There was an uh, economics professor, I think, from Boston University or Boston College who's given testimony in the past, and I cite him in, in one of my books, Plunder and Deceit.
And he testified several years back that the real debt, the real debt of the federal government, meaning the American taxpayer, is $250 trillion. That's several years ago. What number comes after a trillion? I don't even know. It doesn't even matter. He said unfunded liabilities. Not just in Social Security and Medicare and Medicaid, but other federal pension plans, federal medical plans for, for bureaucrats. And he went on and on about all these unfunded liabilities. And he said, and that's where the government puts it, takes it off the books. So when we talk about $31 trillion, we're talking about the fiscal debt. The fiscal debt, not unfunded liabilities. Now, when a corporation is audited, they look at their unfunded liabilities, pension requirements down the road and so forth. When they file information with the Securities and Exchange Commission, they look at the same thing for public companies to see if they're in good shape or not. If you have a pension plan that's totally out of whack and you're going to go broke one day because, well, you don't print money in the basement, you could be prosecuted. But if you do it for the government, you do it so you can get reelected or elected. So there are preferred Ponzi schemes and criminal Ponzi schemes built on exactly the same concept. Except the bigger the Ponzi scheme and the more taxpayer money you use and wrap it up in a government program for this group or that group, you're celebrated. I want you to think about this. The way government works is the mob is in charge. The bureaucrats are in charge. The politicians are in charge. In the private sector, you have what's called a fiduciary responsibility. You have what's called basic accounting rules standards and procedures in the government you have all those things too but if you violate them it's no big deal depending on how and why you violate them in the government what matters is the mob how do you buy votes how do you sell votes they're not so much concerned about your accounting system they're not concerned about whether you're going to be flush with money or no money or how much debt's on the books or whatever. In fact, they come up with their own they come up with their own economic models. Cockamamie, but nonetheless. Modern monetary policy. Oh, it must be good. It's modern. You know what modern monetary policy is, Mr. Producer? Since the government is in charge of the currency, it doesn't matter how much paper you print. That's what Bernie Sanders argues for and other radical leftists. It doesn't matter. Because you don't have to actually pay back the government. All the government has to do is print money. Now, you have to be an ignoramus, of course, to take that position. Because anybody who's graduated from fifth grade economics knows what happens when you do that. You're experiencing it right now. If you know a little bit of history, like the Weimar Republic, and other countries throughout history, even recent history, look at Venezuela, some of the others. You can't print your way into prosperity. It's irrational. There are certain rules of economics that are as ironclad of rules of, of physics or whatever. But that's what the Democrat Party's built on. So I watched this guy, this Sam Bankman Freed. He's a punk. He's a fraud. He has ripped off billions and billions from the American, or whomever, people, the public. But the biggest fraud of them all, the biggest... Ponzi schemes of them all. 
the biggest laundering operation of them all. The biggest record-keeping farce of them all is Washington, D.C. Is the federal government. And who's going to prosecute them? Nobody. And it's not just the Democrats. It's Mitch McConnell and his mighty band of Republicans. One omnibus bill after another. One debt ceiling increase after another. One massive emergency spending bill after another. I want to remind you of those 19 Republicans led by McConnell who voted for infrastructure bill. Right, right, infrastructure. Which means anything the Democrats want it to mean. And this isn't a mistake. It's not because they're bamboozled. McConnell's been around a long time. It's because this is what he wants to do. Then he trashes Trump today, trashes conservatives, trashes the Tea Party. It's really quite appalling. Mark Levin. The Great One makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. We are the true conservatives and constitutionalists. We don't pretend we're something else. Populists, nationalists. They can't even define these words. But they're in vogue. They're faddish. And so I'm calling on Matt Gates, that's spelled G-A-E-T-Z, not G-E-A-T-Z, to run for speaker. Run for speaker. If he's in Florida, I'm sure he can catch a flight. I understand he missed one not too long ago, but he can he can catch a flight. And uh, you see what's going on in the country now? You see what's going on in the Senate now? There's not a single senator other than McConnell, Schumer, Shelby, and Leahy, those four. Who knows what's in this bill? Not a single, single senator who knows what's in the bill. And yet, when it comes out, they'll all get behind it. They'll have their talking points that will be handed out to them. They'll all support it. Then they'll all say, we averted a government shutdown. And then they want you to treat them like conquering heroes when they go home. There's not a single member of the House of Representatives bar two or three or four who know what's in this bill. There's not a single American citizen outside of those eight members of Congress who has any idea what's going on with this bill. And the vast majority don't even know there is a bill that they're working on. That's not representative government, America. That's not constitutional government. What the hell is it? It's government by a small Politburo. It's government by a small Politburo in Congress. That's what it is. And it's a huge disaster. Massive spending bill, an anti-religion bill, massive amnesty. They already voted for increased gun control, but of course that doesn't go far enough. This is meeting the Democrats on the 40-yard line. This is why people don't vote Republican. Because even when Republicans run and say they're not Democrats, many of them are. This is why McConnell is constantly going to that microphone, trashing the Tea Party, trashing MAGA, trashing conservatives, trashing Trump. He knows the media will gobble it up, and he wants to continue to do what he's doing. And by the way, at 7.20 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time, we will have Peter Schweitzer on the program. Nobody better than to discuss this and the so-called Republican leader. 
Matt Vespa over at Town Hall is a great writer. The GOP is gambling on a bill that could give conservatives a reason to never vote for them again. Can someone hit the brakes? We're on a runway tr- runaway train traveling at high speed, approaching a bend and destined to careen off the tracks unless a brave soul tells the Republican Party to torpedo this heinous immigration deal that's being mulled up on the Hill. He said, I never thought I'd see the day when some Republicans would willingly back a mass amnesty bill and be blind to the fact that the only people who gain to benefit from this push, both in the immediate and long term, are Democrats. In the words of Ellen Ripley, nuke the entire site from orbit when it comes to this bill, which we have railed against since the first details were made public, which, of course, we helped expose here and have never stopped railing against. Bill as many border security measures log rolled in, serving as an ammunition belt for the members of the Congress who need to sell this legislation back home as a border security measure. More money for Border Patrol agents, salary hikes for current officers, and an expedited deportation process for migrants who fail to meet asylum benchmarks. That flanking remover is something you already know. Two million deferred action for childhood arrivals recipients will be put on the citizenship track, who could then sponsor their extended family members once they're through the process. There was an analysis done several years back that said 19 or 21 individuals on average are part of this uh, family extended sponsor process. So for every one illegal alien that gets citizenship, you really can count 19 or 20. We're talking millions of people, and it doesn't disincentivize illegal immigration. No, because the current administration has an open border. The current administration has the support of Schumer, who said the other week, as I said at the opening of this show, that he wants amnesty for all illegal immigrants, period. So what Schumer's doing, he made it abundantly clear, is he is trying to change the nature of the citizenship. I'm not even talking about race or heritage. He's just trying to change it. The Democrats are trying to expand their base. This is their plan. If anything, it resets for another massive amnesty move in a generation or two. So it doesn't secure the border. It doesn't take the issue off the table. It's a classic kick-the-can-down-the-road move we often see from elected officials. The only difference is it's the Republicans that are getting screwed. The reaction from the conservative base should be a massive red flag to any Republican thinking about casting their lot with Senators Tom Tillis and the new independent Kirsten Sinema. They're the principal negotiators. And the far left must be chuckling over this because they know the Republican blood sports that come from this kind of a bill. It could, couldn't care less about barely winning the House. 2022 is a lost election cycle where the GOP could have established sizable majorities. We got a warning that the upper crust of the Senate Republican leadership wanted to get something done on immigration this year. That was rehashed when they joined forces with Democrats to pass their anti-gun package. What is Senator McConnell doing right now? The Kentucky Republican was recently re-elected to his leadership post. So where does he stand on this amnesty atrocity? Where does he stand? It wouldn't be even happening if he didn't give it the green light. It wouldn't be happening if he didn't give it the green light. And Rona McDaniel... That the RNC didn't give it the green light. It wouldn't be happening. Any more than this massive omnibus bill would be happening. happening. Any more than the Anti-Religion Act would be happening. The Senate Republicans on the whole are not conservatives. They're not fiscal conservatives. They're not social conservatives. They're not security conservatives. They've done nothing about the border. Surrendering on amnesty. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Governor Ducey in Arizona is trying to secure his border by using these, I guess they're massive, those massive crates that you have on uh, freighters. 
And guess who just sued them today, Mr. Producer? The Department of Justice. They said they're trespassing on federal lands. Not the illegal aliens. They can trespass all they want. As long as they're not protesters who are in Washington, D.C., can't have parading and trespassing on those grounds, but you can have all the parading and trespassing you want on the southern border. All of it. In violation of federal law. Because the law has become an ass. That is, it's cherry-picked to be used against conservatives. It's cherry-picked to be used against states. And it is held in abeyance. In fact, turned on its head when it helps the left-wing Democrat Party agenda. And I'm getting sick and tired of it, as are many other people. So now the Department of Injustice has sued the governor of Arizona and the state of Arizona to try and prevent them from securing the border. Gee, I'm sure they're going to go judge shopping too. Now when this Title 42 expires next week, ladies and gentlemen, We've had a flood of illegal aliens come into this country. 7 to 80 7 to 8,000 a day. A day. That's a small city every month. That is a huge city every year. That number is going to skyrocket. Starting next week, thanks in part to a judge by the name of Emmett Sullivan in Washington, D.C. You may have heard of this kook. In the General Flynn case, guy's completely unhinged. But it's going to get worse. They will not secure the border. They will not complete the wall. They will not follow the past immigration rules that Trump put in place. They will not follow existing substantive immigration statutes. And that's perfectly fine. Because nobody's going to charge anybody with anything. In fact, the Republican reaction is amnesty. For DACA, you know, amnesty. And they don't even try to negotiate anything. And Mitch McConnell, we're in the minority here. What do you expect? You have a filibuster rule, you schmuck. You know damn well what you're capable of doing. But you won't do it. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best. The best of Mark Levin. This Rule 42 will be lifted as a result of a ruling by Judge Emmett Sullivan in Washington, D.C., who hasn't stepped a foot in El Paso, Texas, or McLean, or McAllen, Texas. The estimates right now are that the immigration surge each day will double from seven to 8,000 to 15,000 a day. 15,000 immigrants, illegal immigrants, will cross the border every day. Now, for those of you who are good at math, that's 450,000 every month. 450,000 every month. I want you to think about that. Almost 6 million, give or take, for the entire year, one year. In two years, we already have four and a half million illegal aliens in this country as a result of the Biden administration. They keep saying there's 11 million. Folks, there aren't 11 million. There's got to be 30 million. We have 50 million people in this country of 320 million who were not born here. That's the greatest percentage of immigrants compared to total population in the history of this country. It's the greatest absolute number in the history of this country. It's about to get massively bigger. And we still have chain migration. So when people come here, 
they're granted amnesty, they can bring relatives into this country. And the average I told you the other day was 19 to 21 people per immigrant. The Marxists have unleashed every conceivable weapon and tool against our country. Every conceivable weapon and tool. And the Republican Party is simply unwilling to do a damn thing about it. The Constitution is explicit about the requirements for an executive, among other things, among many things. The president has a duty to faithfully execute the laws. He shall faithfully execute the laws. This has been litigated in the past, and it means what it says. Even if he disagrees with a law, he is required, required to ensure that it's enforced. Joe Biden refuses to enforce our immigration laws. Who's talking about impeaching and removing Joe Biden? The Republicans aren't. Handful of people. Handful of people. The Republican Senate. Not in the least. Nothing. That's why they're losers. That's why they shouldn't be in the majority. Why should they be? And here you have a president defying the Constitution in ways that are going to impact the nation and unravel the civil society, overwhelm local law enforcement, overwhelm federal immigration enforcement, overwhelm our schools, overwhelm our hospitals, overwhelm our country. And only now, little dabble doom, the governor of California goes to the border because he sees it now. Not because he's concerned about the country, he's concerned about his future. He sees himself as a presidential candidate. Well, maybe he can win in California with an open border. But the rest of the country, or much of the country, you can't. And what's Mitch McConnell doing about it? Nothing. The Republicans in the Senate want to give amnesty to a couple million people on top of this. And Schumer says all these people should get amnesty. They should all be citizens. It's an amazing thing. The Democrat Party talks about demographics. The Democrat Party talks about 2044, whites will cease being the majority. It'll be sooner than that. And then when you point it out, they accuse you of, oh, you're pushing replacement theory pushing anything but I'm not blind to what's taking place but Joe Biden's not held accountable the Attorney General of the United States is not held accountable the Secretary of DHS is not held accountable so they continue to violate the Constitution they continue to violate immigration laws and I'm going to tell you something folks you hear the word fentanyl what does that mean Your children do not have to be drug addicts to die from fentanyl. If they touch it, if they accidentally inhale something that has fentanyl powder on it, if it's placed in their food, if it's placed in their medicine, they will die from it. That's how toxic this is. I think about this. We have children and we have grandchildren. And many of you do as well. And yet we have a president of the United States and a Democrat party that will not protect the American people from this. It is produced mostly by the communist Chinese. It is provided to the drug cartels on the southern border and they're pushing it into our country. And there are people listening to this show whose children have died from fentanyl. And they were not drug addicts. They were not potheads. They were good kids. 
good kids. And more people died from fentanyl, over 100,000. Every year. Than died in the Vietnam War and the Korean War combined. But every year. Every year. It's really quite appalling, is it not? That our government won't do anything about it? Won't protect the American people? Because of racial politics? Because of Democrat Party politics? President is to ensure, he shall ensure that the laws are faithfully executed, but he won't. They impeached Trump over two nothing burgers. They're still chasing him down over documents. Look at this. 400 to 500,000 aliens coming into this country every month? I remember when the Democrat Party was patriotic. I remember when they wanted to secure the border. Not anymore. And Joe Biden is keeping it open, purposely. And what are the Republicans doing? Well, let me tell you. Over here at Red State, Jennifer Van Lahr. Can't read it all. But she points out that under this current RNC chair, um, that they have been on a spending spree. A spending spree. She says, despite Joe Biden's economy and three straight cycles of election losses, the RNC's big spending days are back with a vengeance. They're back with a vengeance. Perhaps because these losses, both RNC donors and committee members are intensely interested in the committee's finances. Late last week, Red State provided a report dated October 7 of this year that examined RNC's 21-22 spending calculated more than $500,000 in private jet expenses, $64,000 at clothing retailers, $321,000 in floral arrangements. To determine how that compared to the rest of Rona McDonald's tenure, Red State examined RNC expenditures from 2017 through 2022. And in addition to a review of Federal Election Commission data, Red State spoke with current vendors, state party officials familiar with the workings, former staffers, several current RNC members to verify their numbers and dates. <coughs> Our review found that amounts spent during the 21-22 election cycles seemed to have been par for the course and possibly even lower than previous portions of McDaniel's tenure. Since 2017, the RNC has spent $3.1 million on private jet services, $1.3 million on limousine and chauffeur services, $17.1 million on donor mementos, three quarters of a million dollars on floral arrangements, $80,000 in alcohol-related expenditures, nearly $400,000 is spent on event tickets and other entertainment activities, including $30,000 for a private box at the Las Vegas Raiders game, $13,000 for Broadway shows, $9,400 at Madison Square Garden, $43,000 at top golf locations in Texas, Nevada, Virginia, and Maryland. No wonder they fight like dogs for these jobs, Mr. Producer. The private box Raiders game was part of a retreat for senior staff members. RNC funds were also used to fly the senior staffers and their plus ones first class to Las Vegas and for their hotel rooms, food and alcohol, the staffers say. Senior staff retreats were also held at the Salamander Resort in Spa, Virginia, in 2021 and 2022, according to another staffer. The National Committee member says that at the 2021 retreat held from March 19 to 21, 30 senior staffers and their families attended and the RNC paid for Katie Walsh and Mike Shields to speak to the group. FEC reporting shows that the RNC has paid 260000 to the resort, 
in 2021 and 2022, classified as travel expenses and venue rental and catering. The dates of the various entertainment expenditures were provided by former staffers. Under current leadership, the RNC has spent more than $150,000 on what could be considered non-essential office expenses, including $25,000 on Commonwealth Joe Coffee, $7,000 on cupcakes, nearly $7,000 on candies and diffuse, excuse me, candles and diffusers, $75,000 at Pottery Barn, West Elm, Restoration Hardware, Crate and Barrel. In addition, the committee's FEC report shows expenditures totaling 381000 classified as furniture expense during the same time frame. More than 100000 was spent on high-end clothing stores such as uh, Reebok, REI, Nordstrom, Vinland Fines, Footjoy, Ralph Lauren, Carhartt, and Smathers and & Branson. An RNC vendor tells Red State that the Vineyard Vines expense, 12000 was likely for embroidered jackets RNC staffers recently received. According to the financial, the RNC is quite generous to its donors, spending $17 million on donor memorials and mementos, and possibly more during McDaniel's term. Custom pins by legendary D.C. jeweler Anne Hand and Christmas ornaments from Tremart, the company that makes the White House Christmas or- ornaments, are listed as donor memento expenses. But the financials also include 65000 in office supplies from Anhand and 28000 from Shemart. The records also include more than 100000 in, in hair and makeup services and dry cleaning expenses, which presumably are for McDaniel's media appearances and wardrobe. Dry cleaning expenses are categorized mainly as office supplies or travel expenses, while the hair and makeup services are categorized as media preparation. Unbelievable how they piss away this money. McDaniel did not reply to Red State's request for comment prior to publication. Update. Emma Vaughn, an RNC employee and spokesperson for McDaniel's re-election campaign, provided a statement. I will give you that statement afterwards. She needs to go. She needs to be removed. And I notice McConnell never talks about her or the RNC. Or Carl Rove and the millions that that guy makes. And he just had an op-ed trashing Andy Biggs in the Wall Street Journal. It's not that I disagree with it, but... You know, Carl, you ought to keep your mouth shut and sit this one out. Because too many conservatives simply despise you. 